Good morning. Welcome to Arise Baptist Church and our virtual service here online on this beautiful Easter Sunday morning. So thankful for the fact that Jesus Christ came, that he lived a perfect sinless life, that he died for you and for me. And ultimately, like we get to remember and celebrate, especially this morning, he rose from the grave. I hope that you are thankful for that fact this morning. We're going to start off our service together by singing, In Christ Alone, My Hope is Found. He is my light, my strength, and my song. I would encourage you to join with us there in your house, the people that you are with, as we sing together and praise our God this morning for the fact that Christ came, died, and rose from the grave. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my life, my strength. survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died. I'm so thankful for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Let's sing about that now as we sing, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross.
that last song by saying that the love of God demands our life and our all, that everything that we have, Christ is worthy of because of what he has done for us. We're going to continue singing about that love now as we sing, Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless, and free. Let's sing about that love together as we sing, Oh, the deep, deep love.
Well, good morning. Happy Easter. So good to have you with us today, and what a wonderful day it is that we can celebrate together our risen Savior. We just heard some wonderful music. I'm so thankful that He's alive today. You know, I was thinking this week that that first Resurrection Sunday morning, things were out of sorts. The people who were Jesus' followers had just seen Him die. Some of them couldn't even, weren't even there to watch Him die. They had already gone away to hide, afraid for their own lives. And you think about as they spent that Saturday knowing that He was in the grave, knowing that He had died, and wondering if everything that they had worked for, everything that they had followed after, everything that they had hoped for had been lost. While it's clearly different, I think there are some similarities to our current situation. People were discussing and trying to figure out how to restart the economy, how to get things going again, how to regain some of this ground that we've lost. Some people have worked very hard to build up businesses and careers and things in just a matter of a few short weeks have had all of that wiped out. But today we have hope. We have hope not in our economy. We have hope not just in a president. We have hope not in our political leaders. We have hope because Jesus is alive. We have hope because of the resurrection. That's what makes this day so special. We can celebrate together the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As he, As he rose again on the third day, day conquering sin and conquering death, and he's now at the right hand of God the Father interceding for us. I hope that as you hear the message this morning, it'll be a help to you, an encouragement to you, give you hope, give you a challenge, give you encouragement going forward. This is not the first time in history where people have been facing great unknowns, where people did not know where to turn. In fact, I would say this day only pales in comparison to the day when they thought all hope was lost, that Christ had died, that there was no hope, that the Savior had been killed. But what a great day that was, that Sunday morning, as He rose again and as they discovered this little by little and as they went and told their friends and their family members, as people saw Him alive and risen again, what a great day that was. And we today... Some 2,000 years later are still celebrating that great day. The greatest day in all of history. The greatest single event that affects us all, the entire world. Every person who has ever lived and every person who ever will live is affected by the resurrection. If you've been with us on Sunday mornings for a while, you know that we've been studying together in the book of Colossians. And I want to invite you this morning to turn in your Bible to Colossians chapter 3. And we are going to take some time this morning to continue our study in Colossians. But I want you to see how this passage of Scripture really relates to uh, the resurrection today. And in Colossians 3, I'll begin reading in verse 1. 
and read down through verse 4. And I hope you have your Bible there with you. I would invite you to turn with me to the passage of Scripture. The Bible says this, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand, sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. I'd like to bring a message to you this morning and really focus on the first word of that chapter and as it relates to the rest of our passage here. That two-letter word, if. If. A two-letter word that will determine your destiny. Let's bow before the Lord in prayer. I'll pray here, you pray wherever you are this morning, and let's talk to God and ask Him to bless this message this morning. We need this. We need God's Word. We need encouragement. We need help. We need direction. And we have a God who promises to give us wisdom, promises to give us help. And so let's talk to Him this morning. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for giving it to us. You've inspired it by Your Holy Spirit and moved people to know what to write. They wrote down exactly what You said and what You told them to write so that we would be able to have Your words for us today to be able to live by. Thank You for sending Your Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross in our place. We deserve to die for our sin, but Jesus died in our place, and we thank You for that. I pray this morning as we look at your word that you would help us, that you would encourage us, that you would challenge our minds and our hearts this morning so that we could finish this time and go from this place, wherever that place is that we are right now listening to this message, hearing this message, and we would go forward changed by this truth. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Here in Colossians 3, uh, Paul lays out for us an argument. He uses what is known in, in logic as a conditional statement or an if-then statement. He, he makes a statement, if this is true, then these things should also be true. Now, I want you to think with me this morning because we're going to be tracking through this passage and, and, and looking at this logical argument that he makes. Now, when you are studying logic or studying argument, you know that certain things have to be true in order for other things to be true. And that's what this conditional statement is all about. If the first part of the statement is not true, then the next part of the statement will not follow after. So as I read these verses to you uh, this morning, really the second half of verse 1, all of verse 2, 3, and 4 are all dependent on those first seven words of verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ. So as we look at God's Word together this morning, I want to invite you to follow along with me and, and, and really think about this truth because this really matters for us today. And I think you'll see why that is true. 
To be able to apply this text to our lives in Colossians chapter 3, there are two things that are assumed in the first part of the statement. Notice that statement again, if ye then be risen with Christ. So the two things that are assumed in this passage, in this statement, is that first of all, that Christ is risen. The second thing that we see that is assumed to be true is that you are risen with Christ. And so this morning, before we go any further into the message, because the rest of it doesn't apply to us if that first statement is not true. So I want to look at those two assumptions because today is Resurrection Sunday. Today is the day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so we must first... Be confident of the fact that Jesus Christ truly is alive, that He rose again. So let's ask that question together. Did Jesus really rise again? Did Jesus really come back to life or is this just another story? The Bible has a lot of things to tell us on this uh, fact and about this truth, and I think we'll establish that this is true this morning, but I want you to come along with me because there are many people throughout history, even back in the time of Christ, that doubted whether or not He truly rose again from the grave. Everything hinges on this question. The entire Christian faith is, is built on the fact of the resurrection. So if the resurrection is not true, then everything else that we're doing today is a waste of time. Your eternal destiny is dependent upon this fact. Without the resurrection, there is no Christianity. Jesus is a liar and the Bible is not true. That's how important this topic of the resurrection is to our understanding of our faith. So come with me as we examine some of the details surrounding the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You will see with me that the resurrection of Jesus Christ has overwhelming evidence from the Bible. Back in the book of John, verse and chapter 19, as Jesus was hanging on the cross, after He had been beaten, with the cat of nine tails and scourged after he had been beaten in the face to the point that the Bible says you couldn't even recognize him as a man. After they had taken the crown of thorns and placed it upon his brow and pushed it down so that those thorns cut into his skull. After they had torn out his beard and spat upon him and after they had mocked him and scorned him. After they had made him carry his cross until he could no longer bear up the weight of it and fell down and they had to bring another man along to help to carry his cross. After they had laid him on that cross and then taken nails and put him through his hands and through his feet. After he had hung on the cross all this time after they had brought Him the vinegar, after they had mocked Him, after they had scorned Him, after they had said, if you're the Christ, come down from the cross. After God had turned His back on His only begotten Son, He turned His back on Jesus Christ because Jesus bore the sins of the world. As Jesus hung there on the cross, He, he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus cried out because 
God at this point was separated from God. He was separated because of the sins of all mankind were placed upon His shoulders. Jesus then, the Bible says, gave up the ghost. He said, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Jesus bowed His head and He died. After Jesus died and He hung there on the cross still, in John chapter 19, Towards the end of the chapter here, we know that the soldiers came. In verse 32, it says, Then came the soldiers and broke the legs of the first. That's the first of the thieves that was hanging on the side of Jesus. And of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. You see, the truth of the resurrection really goes back to the truth that Jesus Christ actually died. Did you know there are some people that would try to bring that into question, whether or not Christ actually died? Even the soldiers who stood there at the foot of His cross, these Roman soldiers who would have seen many a crucifixion, who would have known how to recognize if somebody was alive or dead, they would normally come along and break the legs of the people hanging on the cross because sometimes they could hang for hours or even days alive, gasping for air on the cross. So they would break their legs so they could no longer lift themselves up to get a breath and they would die. They would literally suffocate. But when they came to Jesus that day, Jesus was already dead. So we know from the account of the soldiers who were there that Jesus had already died. In, in, Matthew, in Mark, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 15, verses 44 and 45, we have the centurion's testimony. Now, a centurion, he was a leader of a group of Roman soldiers. And he would have had great responsibility. In fact, a prisoner under the control of one of these Roman soldiers, if that prisoner escaped or if they were supposed to put that prisoner to death and that prisoner got away or somehow was still alive, that soldier was responsible for it with his own life. And so this centurion, when he was questioned about Jesus Christ and whether or not he had died, this centurion acknowledged that Jesus was truly dead. See, Joseph of Arimathea, one of the followers of Jesus, the Bible tells us he was a secret follower of Jesus. He had not made it public because he was afraid of the Sanhedrin. He was a powerful man. He was a religious man. And he turned from just following after the Jewish religion and began to follow after Jesus. And so when he came to Jesus to request his body so that he could bury him in his own tomb, Pilate asked the centurion, is he really dead? The centurion said, yes, he is. And so they gave the body to Joseph of Arimathea. In Matthew chapter 27, verses 62 through Matthew 28 and verse 15, we read about the fact that the Pharisees and the religious leaders were concerned that the tomb be made secure. They made this statement that they called Jesus the deceiver. And they said, he has he claimed that when he dies, he's going to rise again three days later. And so we want to make sure his tomb is secure so his disciples don't come and steal away his body. So when they went to Pilate to request this, he gave them permission and they went and they had a Roman guard stationed at the tomb. They put the seal uh, of, of the Romans there on the tomb. If you broke that seal, you would die. So the Roman soldiers stood guard 
They stood watch. There was no way some disciples were going to come in and, and steal his body. They, they wouldn't be able to overcome a, a Roman guard. In fact, the only thing that did overcome that guard is when there was a great earthquake and Jesus rose again on Sunday morning. The Bible says that they fell down as if they were dead. They, they were paralyzed with fright at the sight of Jesus Christ coming back to life. You see, Jesus had died. He was beaten beyond recognition. He hung on the cross for hours. We can also read the testimony of, of when the, they came to Him and they pierced His side with a spear. He had had all of this done to His body. And then they wrapped Him in grave clothes from head to toe, covered in many layers of cloth, and wrapped in, in spices and, and perfumes to help to embalm the body. Then they put Him in a tomb that was cut out of the rock. The Bible says it was hewn out of the stone. This wasn't some just loose pile of rubble or rocks. This was an airtight place that they put the body of Jesus Christ where even if he had somehow survived the crucifixion, which he didn't by the testimony of the Roman soldiers themselves, he would have suffocated there in the tomb. And he laid there for three days and for three Nights. Jesus Christ, clearly, by the testimony of the Roman soldiers, by the eyewitness accounts, He was clearly and truly dead. While we understand that Jesus Christ died, then the next question is, well, do we know for sure that He rose again? Well, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is attested to in all four Gospels, four separate accounts that all agree that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. They say, well, okay, that's not a big deal. Maybe they all talked with each other. No, there, there's much more evidence than this. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is also made very clear to us in the fact that His disciples then, after He rose from the dead, or they claim that He rose from the dead, every single one of them, except for one, gave His life the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Now, would you give your life for a lie? Would many people give their life for a lie? No, all of these men gave their life because they believed, not just because they had heard about it, but they had seen Him with their own eyes. In fact, the Apostle Paul lays out for us that the resurrection of Jesus Christ was testified by over 500 people at one time that saw Him alive. There were eyewitness accounts. There was the fact of His disciples willing to go to the death for Him even some many, many years later because they believed in the resurrection, because they had seen it with their own eyes. Another great evidence that we may not always think of of the resurrection is the fact that in the Bible it's recorded for us the first People to speak with Jesus and see Jesus after His resurrection were women. Now you may say, well, why does this matter? Why does it matter that it was a woman and not a man? Well, in the Jewish patriarchal society, a woman's testimony was not even allowed in a court of law. So if some Jewish people were trying to come up with the strongest evidence for why Christ is alive, they wouldn't have chosen women to be the first witnesses. They would have chosen men because you could count on their testimony. 
Now, of course, I'm saying this a bit tongue-in-cheek because we know that it was some ladies that first saw Jesus Christ. It was Mary Magdalene who first spoke with Christ after He rose again from the dead. The resurrection is attested to in so many different ways from the eyewitnesses of the people who saw Him to the fact that people were willing to give their lives for the fact that Jesus Christ rose again. That I believe without a shadow of a doubt that we can know for a fact that Jesus Christ is alive. That He rose again. And that 40 days later after His resurrection, He ascended back up into heaven. And before He left, He told His disciples that He would come again. And I'm looking forward to that day. We can be confident that Jesus will return again because Jesus rose again. Now, I want to make one other point as to the absolute importance of the resurrection to the Christian faith. Take your Bible and turn over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Here is another conditional argument, if you will, that... The Apostle Paul lays out for us as to the importance of the resurrection to our faith. He begins in verse 12, he says, Now if Christ be preached that He rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? So clearly Paul is dealing with a problem in the church at Corinth of people who were saying, No, it's impossible. Nobody has ever come back to life from the dead. Verse 13, he says, But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Do you see how he's setting up this argument that one thing, if this is not true, if there's no resurrection, then Christ did not come back to life. If Christ did not rise again then what we're preaching about is vanity. It's empty. It's a waste of time. And that would mean then our faith is also vanity as well. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to give my life to nothing. I don't want to give my life for a cause that doesn't count. That's what Paul is arguing here, that if the resurrection didn't take place, then everything we believe in, is false. He says, Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. And according to the book of Ephesians, to be in your sins means that you are dead. You are separated from God. He says, then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. So those who die trusting in Christ, they have no hope. They're, they're truly gone. They've perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. 
Now, the Bible speaks about how much joy we have in the Lord, that the joy of the Lord is our strength, that our, our hope, that our joy is found in Him. So if Christ is not raised, then this verse says, we are of all men most miserable. But look at verse 20 there in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. So Paul says we can be confident that Christ is risen again. Paul himself said that he had seen Jesus with his own eyes. And then he says, and he's become the first fruits of them that slept. To become the first fruits meant that he's the one that went before. He's our example. And he is the testimony to the fact that in Christ we too shall rise again. What great truth comes from the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is vital to the Christian faith. Are you still with me? I hope you're following along because I'm laying out this argument, this conditional statement that is made back in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ. To understand this, we must first understand that Christ rose again. We've laid out the fact that He died, that He was truly physically dead. And then we've seen that based on eyewitness accounts, based on the people who followed him, based on how people acted around the situation, that clearly Jesus Christ did rise again on the third day, just like he said that he would. So that brings us to the second part of this first conditional statement. If we understand that Christ is risen, then here's the second question that I want you to consider this morning. Consider this, are you truly risen with Christ? Because in Colossians 3, 1 through 4, the rest of those verses, uh, verse 2 through 4, really are dependent on the fact that we are risen with Christ. So I want to ask you this morning, are you risen with Christ? Remember the title of the message, if, this two-letter word that will determine your destiny if ye then be risen with Christ. So my question to you again is, are you risen with Christ? We already know that Christ rose again. Are you risen with Him? Well, what does that mean? Well, to be risen with Christ means that your resurrection from the dead is in Christ. In other words, it assumes, first of all, that you were dead, right? Something doesn't need to be resurrected unless it was first dead. And in fact, the Bible teaches us this. Now, you might say, well, how could this be? I'm alive. I mean, I can pinch myself. If I cut myself, I bleed. I know that I'm alive. Well, you are physically alive. But the Bible teaches us that because of our sin, we are spiritually dead. Spiritual death in the Bible refers to separation from God. We are separated from God because of our sin. God is a holy God. That means He is absolutely perfect and no sin. He, he cannot accept any sin around Him because He is absolutely perfect. That's why He turned His back on His own Son, Jesus Christ, when He hung on the cross because Jesus bore our sins on the cross. It is our sin that causes spiritual death, spiritual separation from God. But the Bible also teaches in John chapter 1 and verse 4 that spiritual life is only found in Christ. It says, in Him was 
life. In Christ is spiritual life. So if in sin is spiritual death, then in Christ is spiritual life. So being risen with Christ means having spiritual life with Christ. When a person puts their faith in Christ, they are trusting in the death of Jesus Christ. That's to take the punishment for their sin, but they're also trusting in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what gives them the hope of eternal life. His death was the payment for their sin, and His resurrection is their guarantee of life, which includes victory over sin and eternal life in heaven with God. Because of the resurrection, it is possible to have spiritual life or a personal relationship with a holy God. You see, you and I on our own, we can't get to that holy God. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages for our sin is death. We've heard those verses over and over. But sometimes I don't think we really grasp the depth of our situation in that without Christ, we are spiritually dead. We are separated from God and we cannot get to Him. But in Christ, we have life. So my question to you remains, are you risen with Christ? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior? Trusting in anything else won't bring life. There is no spiritual life in any other. Jesus Christ said it this way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So if Jesus Christ is life, if life is found in Him, if He is the way to God, then you cannot earn this on your own. You can't be a good enough person to deserve this or just hope that somehow you will escape this death. You are spiritually dead because of your sin. And the only way to have spiritual life is in Christ. But if you miss everything else today, miss everything else in the message don't miss this. You can have eternal life. You can have eternal life, but you must call upon Jesus to receive His free gift of salvation. Confess your sin and turn to Him, and He'll save you. If you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, call out to Him. You could pray something like this, Lord, I'm a sinner. I know that I've broken your law. I know I've done wrong. I know that I'm spiritually dead. Please forgive me of my sin. Please save me and give me eternal life. I'm trusting in you, not my own good works. In Jesus' name, amen. You could pray right now and accept Christ as your Savior. And if you do, you too will be risen with Christ. I would invite you to do that right now. If you are spiritually dead, there's no sense in waiting around to get life. Well, I'll wait till the message is over. I'll wait until next week. I'll wait until eh, later on in my life. I need to give thought to this. Folks, a, a dead man who's offered life doesn't have to think about whether or not he wants that life. It is life. And the Bible says it is life eternal. Life eternal with God in heaven 
forever. No more pain, no more suffering, no more death. What a wonderful place. And that eternal life can start for you today. No, we won't get to experience all the joys of heaven until we, this physical body is gone. But I'm looking forward to that day when we are risen with Christ and we get to experience all the glories of heaven with Him. But even today, you can be risen with Christ and have your confidence that your eternal destiny is settled. That little two-letter word, if. It determines your destiny. If ye then be risen with Christ. So, let's go back to our text in Colossians chapter 3. If ye then be risen with Christ, we've established the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Now it's up to you whether or not you are risen with Christ. I hope that you know that this morning. If not, make sure of that right now. Trust in Him today, this moment. But if you have been risen with Christ, then what does He tell us to do? What does He tell us to do? If both of these things are true, that Christ rose again and that you are risen with Him, then number one, He says, seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are above. That means to set your heart on things above, to strive for the things of Christ. Live with your priority on Christ. Matthew 6 verse 33 says it this way, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek the kingdom of God. Well, what has He commanded me to do? How, how can I please Him? Remember what He's done for you. He died for you. And live accordingly. Put Him first in your decisions. Put Him first in, in your actions. Put Him first with your finances. Put Him first. And, and don't worry about everything. Instead, give it to Him. In fact, he reiterates this idea in verse 2 of Colossians 3 when he says, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your affection on things above. This is such an important behavior for the believer who is risen with Christ that to do that, he repeats himself with only a slight variation of words here. In verse 1, he says, seek those things which are above. Verse 2, he says, set your affection on things above. If, if verse 1 is the idea of following after God and continuing in obedience, verse 2 is the idea of concentrating on Him, putting all of our focus on the Lord. We want our mind to be the mind of Christ. How do we have the mind of Christ? We must read and study God's Word. We must learn to obey it. Set your mind on things above. Set your affection on things above. Well, why should we do these things? That's what he keeps laying out here. So he's told us to seek those things which are above. He's told us to set our affection on things above. And he contrasts this. He says, not on things on the earth. If you're in Christ, if you're risen with Christ, then why would you seek after something that you are now dead to? He says, now seek those things above, not on things on the earth. 
He, he tells us this in verse 3, For ye are dead. Just like spiritually you're dead if you are in sin and you don't have Christ, you're separated from God. So now if you're alive to Christ, then you are separated from, you are dead to sin. So don't keep going back and acting like your old sinful self. Instead, he says, you're dead, your life is hid with Christ in God. I love that statement, your life is hid with Christ in God. To have your life hid in something is an idea of security and safety. To be in Christ. You see, my salvation, I'm not secure because of what I've done. I, I'm not secure because I'm such a great person now. I'm not secure just because I'm the pastor of a church. I'm secure because my life is hid in Christ. Oh, that brings me great comfort. That great, brings me great security and great joy. And it can bring you the same comfort and joy and security because if you are in Christ, if you're risen with Christ, your security is in Christ. You are hid with Him. And notice he says, with Christ in God. So you're in Christ who's in God. We're one together with Him. We have fellowship with Him. We have a relationship with Him. In other passages, God calls us His children. What a blessing to now be a child of God, to be hid with Christ who is in God. You can be secure in your eternal life in Christ because of the resurrection. You can seek things that are above because you're risen with Christ. You can set your affection upon, focus on, concentrate on the things of the Lord, not on the things of this earth. Why? Because you are risen with Christ. Then he finishes this text in verse 4. He says, when Christ, who is our life, right? Our, our life is in Him. It's not in ourself. We have life because of Christ. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. This is a promise. We know that He will appear because He already rose again from the dead and He ascended up into heaven, so we know He's going to come back again. So when He shall appear, that's something we're looking forward to. It hasn't happened yet. Then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. Do you see this beautiful argument as it's laid out? If you're risen with Christ, right? My resurrection, my salvation is dependent upon what Christ has done for me. My security is in Christ. It's because of what Christ has done for me. My security is in God. And my hope of eternal life, my hope of heaven is in Christ as well. Because when He will appear, then I will appear with Him also in glory. Don't you see it? What a great, wonderful truth this is of the resurrection. The truth that we have today to enjoy as Christians, as believers here on Resurrection Sunday. The day that we celebrate Jesus Christ alive again, risen again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. The resurrection is what makes all of this possible. The resurrection is what gives you and gives me the hope of eternal life. Are you risen with Christ? Have you accepted Him as your Savior?
don't wait. Do it today. If you need help, if you need answers to your questions, contact me. I'd be more than happy to help you. But this isn't a complicated thing. It is as simple as trusting in Jesus Christ, His finished work. It's already been done. And if you are trusting in Christ, if you have been risen with Christ, then seek those things that are above. Set your affections on the things above. Don't follow after the things of this world. There's a lot to get you distracted, discouraged, and down. But when we keep our eyes on Christ, there is great hope. We don't have the answers for what's going to happen tomorrow, but we can trust in the one who has all the answers. We're hopeful that the economy will get back going again. Things will turn around. Things will move in a great direction. We we all hope that, but we don't know. But I have absolute confidence in Jesus Christ. I have absolute confidence in the resurrection from the dead and my resurrection in Him. And so I can have absolute confidence that someday when He comes again, I'll go to be with Him in glory. What a day that'll be when my Jesus I shall see. I'm looking forward to that day. I hope that you'll be coming with me. It would be a sad, sad thing to go to heaven and not have my friends and family go with me. I want you to come with me. Would you accept Jesus Christ? And Christian... If you're in Christ, live as though you're in Him. I'm so thankful for this day. I hope that you'll have a wonderful time with your family. I hope that you'll have a wonderful day. But don't go through this day and miss the most significant thing of all, that Jesus Christ is alive. And understand that That little word, if, at the beginning of the verse, that determines our destiny. Which way are you going? Are you in Christ? If ye then be risen with Christ. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would take your word and use it in our hearts. Lord, this is truth that's taught throughout the pages of Scripture that Jesus Christ would come. He was promised, and then he, he did come just as He was promised. And then He lived just as it was promised He would live. He died just as it was promised that He would die. And He rose again just as it was promised that He would rise again. He ascended up to heaven. And the Bible says even now He's preparing a place for us, His children who believed in Him. Lord, if there's somebody here today that's never trusted You, I pray that they would do that right now. And Lord, for those who have you, who have trusted in Christ, I pray that they'd live as a believer, live faithfully for you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful day. If we can be a help to you, please let me know. Take care.
The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most important message for the world today. In our current state of anxiety and uncertainty, believers can rest and trust in the truth that Jesus Christ is risen. We serve a living God. If you have any questions about what you've heard this morning, or if you've made the decision to trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we would love to hear from you and rejoice with you. We can be contacted via email at info at arisebaptistchurch.org or you can connect with us on Facebook. We would love to hear what the Lord has done in your heart and how we can help you take the next step in your spiritual walk with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for spending your Easter service with us today. I would also encourage you, you can watch until we're able to come and worship together as a body of Christ. I hope that you'll connect with us virtually. You can watch all of our services on our Facebook page, and I would encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We have lots of good content, including services for the children. So if you're not worshiping with anyone, we'd love to have you join us until we're able to meet together again. Thank you so much for spending your Easter morning with us. And we trust that you will rejoice in the truth that Christ is risen.